Support for legislative programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and AARP Utah, a nonpartisan social change organization with a membership helping people 50 and over improve their lives by providing materials, programs, and advocacy on key issues. More information is available at aarp.org. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. The firing squad, which was discontinued in Utah in 2004, would return as a method of execution under a bill which has passed Utah's House of Representatives. The sponsor, Representative Paul Ray, Republican of Clearfield, says that a team of trained marksmen is faster and more humane than drawn-out deaths that have occurred in botched lethal injections. NPR reports that manufacturers of the drugs used in lethal injection executions, under increasing pressure from critics of the practice, have ceased making the toxic chemicals. James Clark, writing on Amnesty International USA's Human Rights Now blog, says this bill, which is House Bill 11, makes Utah appear willing to do just about anything to continue executions. Proponents of the death penalty argued it is necessary as a full measure of justice and as a strong deterrent. We're going to examine this issue on the program today. Later in the program, we'll be talking with House Majority Leader, Representative Brian King, Democrat from Salt Lake City, and with Representative Stephen Handy, Republican from Layton. And we're going to ask you what you think. Do you support the death penalty in Utah? What do you think about potential return of the firing squad? You can join us at upraxcess at gmail.com. That's upraxcess at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio. You can join us on Facebook as well. And you can call us 1-800-826-1495. That's 1-800-826-1495. Love to know what you think on this. We bring in right now Anna Brower, uh, who is a public policy advocate with ACLU of Utah. Anna Brower, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Appreciate uh, you being with us. Should mention, uh, as uh, I think most of us know, Utah has uh, an, an interesting intertwining of history with the uh, death penalty. For example, in 1976, the Supreme Court uh, lifted their moratorium on capital punishment, and Utah happened to be the first state which uh, took advantage of that. Gary Gilmore was executed by firing squad in January of 1977. So, uh, Anna Brower, what uh, what does ACLU think of House Bill 11? Well, I'm sure it would come as no surprise to you and your listeners that we are um, we are pretty much categorically opposed to the death penalty. So, talking about the method um, is an opportunity for us to talk about why we shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Um, with House Bill 11 specifically. Um, as many of your listeners might already know, uh, Utah does use the firing squad. Any inmate of death row who was sentenced to be executed before 2004 has the option of selecting the death penalty as a method of execution. So it looks pretty likely that whether this bill passes or not, um, the next person or two that we are scheduled to kill on death row, we will kill by a firing squad anyway, regardless of this bill. Um, I think that the method itself, having this discussion right now, obviously, has drawn a lot of negative attention to our state. This is um, a particularly barbaric method, although the sponsor and others have made the case that, um, or have attempted to make the case that this is a more humane way to kill people than lethal injection, we would definitely argue with that. In the Senate committee where this bill was heard yesterday, it did pass out, but there was, um, I found it to be quite stirring testimony from Randy Gardner, the brother of Ronnie Lee Gardner, and he described a bit his experience of reviewing his brother's body after he was killed by firing squad and um it it does not it does not sound particularly humane especially for the people who are remaining who have to deal with that situation and it's interesting we, we should point out that even though in 2004 I understand the firing squad was was removed as, as an option it used to be you could choose right uh, that's right but ronnie lee gardner was executed in 2010 i guess he was grandfathered right. in Right, so he, he was that's, able to choose. That's exactly right. He, um, he selected his method of execution before the legislature just 10 years ago voted 
to stop using this practice based mm-hmm. on its barbaric nature and the negative attention it brings to Utah. It does make us look quite backwards and, as you mentioned in your introduction, just so extremely intent on killing people um, that we're willing to explore all sorts of options, even though we continue to run out of options that appear um, the least bit humane to any normal human being. Now, is this? do you see this as a response to... Uh, manufacturers refusing to uh, provide the the uh, chemicals uh, to to the to the botched uh, quote unquote uh, executions by lethal injection. This is it. This seems to be a response to that. And Utah wants to keep an option should the other dry up. That's absolutely correct. And I've talked a number of times to the sponsor, Representative Paul Ray, who is not a bad guy. Um, I believe his. His concern is a sincere one, um, noting that there have been all of these botched, um, hideous uh, lethal injection executions in the past year. Um, It actually is a valid concern that Utah, when the time comes to kill somebody with lethal injection, that there won't be the appropriate, um, there won't be the appropriate drugs available to do that. So... So that is where this comes from. Um, I do think that while it's well-intentioned and Representative Ray seems quite clear that his desire is to help Utah avoid being stuck in a situation where we um, don't have a a Supreme Court-approved way to kill somebody, um, I think that what what, what disappoints us most of all and our fellow advocates against the death penalty in Utah is that Um, We're rushing in to make sure we have this backup way to kill somebody, even though there is no urgency, instead of slowing down and having a conversation, particularly right now in the spirit of criminal justice reform and in the spirit of the prison relocation to talk about whether this method fits in with how we are conducting our system of justice um, and how we would like to build our new prison facility. We don't know how much money could be saved by not having a death row, not having an execution room. Um, and so I think it's just a real missed opportunity to just rush into the discussion to make sure that we're not, we're not left without as many ways possible to kill somebody um, rather than have a really thoughtful discussion about the, the financial and moral costs of using this as part of our criminal justice system in Utah. That's an interesting side note. We'll get to that a little later. Uh, it is, I believe, more expensive to execute someone than to than to put them in life without parole. That is true. And one of the um, one of the comments that Representative Ray has made when introducing his bill to his colleagues in the legislature was that his his desire with this bill is to avoid a long uh, legal battle over method of execution should the time come that we need to kill someone with lethal injection and we don't have lethal injection drugs. Um, But I would submit that every single application up to death penalty is a long, expensive, painful, and for a lot of people, ultimately... um, leaves them feeling unresolved. It's always that kind of long, drawn-out legal battle that is so expensive to conduct a capital case. And for good reason, there are reasons that the due process rights are so critical in capital cases. Uh, The death penalty is a mistake that the government cannot take back. And in the past couple of decades, we've seen um, over 100 people exonerated off of death row. Um, And so while this may not be the case in Utah, as Representative Ray has pointed out, the appeals to death penalty cases here in Utah have not been based on assertions of innocence. They've been based on rather some technical issues with the case. Um, It is a problem across our country that that we put innocent people on death row, and that is the reason that it has to be so expensive and time consuming to conduct a capital case, because... Once you've killed somebody, there's no, there's no taking it back. Whereas with life without parole, there is always an opportunity if there is some issue with the case that uh, the government's mistakes can be rectified. But death is a little too final for that. Do you see this as an, an op- this wave of what some are characterizing as botched executions and lethal injection 
It seems to be happening in, in various states. For example, right now I'm reading Death Penalty Information Center. Uh, an execution in Georgia has been postponed due to a problem with execution yeah. drugs. This is uh, Kelly uh, Gissendaner. Uh, the Rodney Reed execution was stayed in Texas. Do you see this as an opportunity to have a national debate on the death penalty and, and perhaps uh, minds could be changed? Um. I definitely see it as an opportunity, and thankfully the conversations are happening. I've heard a lot of excellent national and local discussions about the death penalty, really drilling down to what it means to us as a culture, whether it's working the way that we hoped it would be working, whether we're able to apply it in any way that is meaningful and makes it fair, um, or whether it might be time to stop using the practice altogether, as many of our fellow modern countries have decided to do. I think that um, the truth is Americans are of, of different minds on this topic, and philosophically I can definitely understand why some people feel that, in theory at least, being able to use the death penalty would provide some measure of justice in certain cases. But the reality of the matter is, um, I think our constant struggles with finding a way to kill people that we feel comfortable with, um, having to provide all of these due process opportunities and rights, um, it shows that when push comes to shove, the death penalty is simply not something that in practice we can employ with anything approaching um, equality and justice and thoughtfulness. It's just, it's it's proven to be very arbitrary and capricious over the years. And so I would say that, you know, while, while Representative Ray's bill, HB 11, doesn't do anything radical in terms of instituting a new method of government-sponsored murder that we don't already have in place, it does distract from the overall conversation that we could be having about whether this still makes sense for our criminal justice system as a state. Um, there are definitely a lot of arguments to be had about whether this is a deterrent at all, um, which I would argue it absolutely is not, and the research does not show that. So it is an excellent time to talk about this. I do think that by just rushing in and talking about the firing squad and making sure we can use the firing squad and replace lethal injection with the firing squad, uh, the rest of the country and the rest of the world just hears firing squad. And so it makes our state look backward. It makes our criminal justice system look obsolete and unfair um, and decades and decades behind the times. Do you, uh, I've been thinking, as we've been talking here, that the method of execution really is important, at least to the perception. Um, but, you know, you, you could say that uh, as states started going to lethal injection, whatever their original reasoning was, uh, it's sort of more like you could you could use the words uh, putting someone to sleep. You know, it's it's more it, like putting a pet to sleep. Right. It, it begs the very unfortunate comparison to how we treat animals. Um, you know, maybe a long, long time ago we took Old Yeller out back and shot him, but that's not what we do anymore. Um, and there there are even disagreements among reasonable people about whether killing stray animals is appropriate. Um, and what does that say about our society? So the method absolutely is important. There are reasons we don't hang people anymore, because there's a lot attached to that imagery. Um, and there's a lot in our past that we don't want to have associated with um, our current criminal justice system. We don't use the guillotine. We don't drown quarter people. Um, and the firing squad as a method of execution is it is particularly brutal. When we were um, when we were listening in this committee hearing yesterday to Randy Gardner, the brother of uh, Ronnie Lee Gardner, who was killed several years ago by firing squad, um, you know, it it definitely called to mind just how violent it is, um, and as he pointed out, how much it is like the act that attracted the punishment in the first place, um, Mr. Gardner said to the Senate committee, we don't, we don't rape rapists as a punishment. Um, and maybe murdering people 
as a punishment for murder is is equally inappropriate. I would like to think that my government is capable of better behavior than the absolute worst criminal in our society. And I think um, that is sort of what is overlooked when we're talking about this bill that um, we're continuing to advocate for a government participating in something that is just generally recognized as unfair and inhumane. If you just joined us, we're talking about the death penalty, and we're talking about a possible return of the firing squad as a method of execution. That's what House Bill 11, uh, sponsored by Representative Paul Ray, Republican of Clearfield, would do. That is passed the Utah's House of Representatives. And, and did, I, did I hear, Anna Brower, you, you say it has passed Senate committee? Yes, it passed out of a Senate committee yesterday afternoon with one lone dissenting vote from Senator Luz Escamilla. And... Um, I'm not sure when exactly it will be heard by the full Senate, but obviously mm-hmm. shortly, because there's not too much time left in the session. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about this. We'd love to know what you think. Do you support the death penalty in Utah? Uh, do you think it's necessary? Proponents say it's a, it is necessary. It's a full measure of justice as a deterrent. Opponents say it's barbaric, makes Utah look barbaric. Uh, for example, Europe has essentially settled this question. In fact, to get into the European Union as a nation, you have to... You have to abolish the death penalty. Uh, you can join us at 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. UPRAxis at gmail.com is our email, UPRAxis at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio. And we have Anna Brower uh, with us for another uh, six minutes. Then we're going to turn to House Minority Leader, Representative Brian King. And later in the program, we'll hear from Representative Stephen Handy, Republican uh, from Layton. Um, so, Anna Brower, I, the, just continuing the discussion of the method of execution and the perceptions of it, when firing squad was an option and you could choose and as, as an executed, as a, a person who's sentenced to death, I always thought perhaps people were choosing firing squad because of the romantic you know, perception of this. I'm going out in a blaze of glory kind of a thing, rather than lying on a gurney, you know, with, with chemicals um, going into my arm. Right. And and so there, that, there again, that's a, that's a perception. I, I think you're actually right on about that, Tom, and it's, um, it's one of the things that's been remarked upon in this debate of late. Um, you know, I think there is an attitude uh, for some of these individuals that, firing squad is the way to draw the most negative attention to the government. Um, It always creates a media circus. It focuses all attention on them. It is not a way to go out quietly. Um, And it's for this reason and many others that, um, that some families of victims find no solace or justice in the application of the death penalty it does become a big show that is all about the the inmate, and um, I think it, it may be a way of just shaming the government for participating in that activity and ensuring that people feel just as bad about what the government is doing as they would normally otherwise be focused on what the um, the offender did. We have a couple of emails. Uh, first uh, in is Fred. Uh, he's very brief. He says yes on firing squad. That's uh, his view. We'd love to know your view as well. You can join us at upraxis at gmail.com. You can call us at 1-800-826-1495, and we're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio. And the next email is in from uh, Gary in Logan. Uh, He asks, what are the instances that determine a sentencing to end up on uh, on death row? I I was interested in that as well. Um, good, Good question, Gary. Uh, so obviously, I, I, you know, we hear, hear aggravated murder, right? I think yeah. there are some other other things. In practice, I believe it's it's murder, aggravated murder. But what 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 are the types of things that can get you on death row? <laughs> well, I should disclose I'm not an attorney, so I'm not particularly intimately involved with the areas of the criminal code um, or the. The law and the precedent that's been determined by the Supreme Court, as you mentioned before, um, you know, cases involving the constitutionality of the firing squad, the constitutionality of various methods have um, have come before the highest court in the land and different decisions have been made about when it is and is not appropriate 
some many of those decisions are focused more on the person who is to be executed rather than the crime they committed. For example, um, should we be executing people who, according to validated IQ tests, could be could be um, could be considered mentally handicapped? Are we going to be one of the few countries in the entire world that allows juveniles to be um, killed by the government? And then there are certain cases about when it is appropriate application of the death penalty, and I believe one of those is uh, that the Supreme Court has decided that you can't apply the death penalty in cases where uh, no life was lost in the commission of the crime, but I'm not exactly sure of all the different particulars. And I think, you know, what the question brings up is, um, you know, it's not a question in anybody's mind that the crimes that people are accused of when they end up on death row are terrible. Um, but what is also true is we can never be 100% sure that all of the people that we put to death are guilty. And I think that is very, very important to remember. Philosophically, we can all say, well, sure, if somebody did something terrible to a child or terrible to a family, maybe it would be just to take that person's life. But that is not how the death penalty works in practice. The other thing to consider is that um, different states do it different ways. Different juries and different judges and different municipalities make different decisions. So it ends up being this very unequal application of quote-unquote justice where someone who looks a certain way and lives in a certain type of city and has committed a certain crime may end up in prison, and somebody with exactly the same profile who lives somewhere else may end up on death row. And I think that sort of arbitrary nature of the death penalty has to offend the sensibility of people who um, are interested in the pursuit of justice. I know, Annabar, you have to get going here. Uh, pretty, I don't know if you have an, uh, one more minute. The second half of Gary's question is, what is the ACLU seen from uh, people of Utah specifically about death penalties, certainly from families of victims? That I do not have intimate knowledge of. I know the ACLU has been involved in death penalty issues in Utah for a long time, um, particularly drawing attention to the, the racial disparities over time and um, and the, the, the method of execution where members of Utahns against Utahns for alternatives to the death penalty. Um, but we haven't we haven't made this a concerted part of our work right now, so we haven't done a lot of our own individual polling, um, and we haven't we haven't done a lot with different um, you know different groups here in Utah. But I can say nationally, the ACLU has been very engaged on this issue, and for every family of a victim that is supportive of the death penalty, there's a family of a victim that is not supportive of the death penalty. For every religious leader who is supportive of the death penalty, there is a religious leader or more who are not supportive. So I think it's true that the that the, the public and even victims are split on whether the death penalty is appropriate, but um, that doesn't detract from the reality of it being unconstitutional. We've been talking with uh, Anna Brower, public policy advocate with ACLU of Utah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. We're talking about House Bill 11, sponsored by Representative Paul Ray, Republican of Clearfield. It would uh, bring back firing squad as an option as a method of execution, and that has passed the House and it has passed a Senate committee as well. We're talking about the the that particular method of execution. We're talking about death penalty in general as well in Utah and, and more broadly. And uh, coming up following a break, we'll bring on uh, Rep- Representative Brian King, Democrat from Salt Lake City. He is House Minority Leader. Later in the program, Representative Stephen Handy, Republican from Layton. We'd love to know what you think as well. 1-800-826-1495, upraxcess at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio. Fred is on a record by email saying yes on Firing Squad. What do you think? Following the break. Support for legislative programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and AARP Utah, a nonpartisan social change organization with a membership helping people 50 and over improve their lives by providing materials, programs, and advocacy on key issues. More information is available at aarp.org.
I'm Jennifer Pemberton with Water Source Facts. Scientists and engineers who study water quality and management issues like to joke about their work by saying they're drowning in data. From mountain peak to river bottom, data collectors are everywhere, and they produce an endless stream of bites and bits about water quality, water temperature, flow, and on and on. But managing and using all those ones and zeros can be cumbersome. So experts at the Utah Water Research Lab are coming up with ways to better collect and organize all this stuff. And they've sort of created a new discipline along the way. They call it hydroinformatics. Creating better tools for managing data is a growing theme in scientific research. In recent years, the National Science Foundation has even started requiring researchers to standardize and share their data so more people can use it. This new and improved collaboration among water experts could soon help us better understand the big picture about our water supply in Utah and around the world. Water Source Facts are part of UPR's partnership with Utah State University's 2015 Year of Water and the College of Engineering. They always teach you that uh, Rosa Parks sat down and Martin Luther King stood up. But there's so much more and there are so many more foot soldiers involved in these movements. Join UPR this week as we follow Utah State University professor Jason Gilmore and two of his students on a civil rights pilgrimage through the South. They will be sending UPR updates from the road, talking about both the historical significance of their trip and the current discussions surrounding race in America. The pilgrimage ends in Selma, Alabama with the 50th anniversary of the historic Bloody Sunday March to Montgomery. You can find links to pilgrimage updates under the headline 52 Strong on upr.org. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. Representative Paul Ray, Republican of Clearfield, says that a team of trained marksmen is faster and more humane than the drawn-out deaths that have occurred in uh, botched uh, lethal injections. And uh, so since, uh, Representative Ray says, European companies that provide the uh, chemicals that are used in lethal injections are uh, refusing to uh, sell those chemicals, and uh, it's harder and harder to get those, that Utah needs another uh, different alternative. Uh, if it's going to carry out its law, which uh, provides that some people are executed. Uh, so this has uh, provided a venue for a, a vigorous discussion on uh, the death penalty uh, in general and firing squad in specific, and we're continuing that discussion here on Axis Utah. The firing squad was discontinued in Utah in 2004, uh, though Ronnie Lee Gardner, as we've been mentioning, was executed by firing squad because he had the choice. He was... Uh, convicted uh, prior to 2004. He was executed by firing squad in 2010. That's the last execution we've had in Utah. And uh, the next person up potentially could be uh, executed by firing squad. We've been talking about this with Anna Brower from ACLU of Utah. Later in the program, Representative Stephen Handy, Republican from Layton, will join us and will be joined shortly by Representative Brian King, who is the House Minority Leader. We'd love to know what you think. The number is 1-800-826-1495. You can join us on email to upraxis at gmail.com. And you can join us on Twitter, at Utah Public Radio. So I'm not sure if we have uh, Representative King. Uh, not yet. Uh, so uh, we'd love to hear from you on, on this subject. We're waiting for uh, Representative King. Very busy there at the uh, legislature. By the way, House Bill 11, uh, which would return the firing squad, has passed the House, and it has passed a Senate committee. And we'll ask our legislators if they think that uh, that's going to pass the entire legislature. Uh, by the way, uh, other states are, are wrestling with this. Uh, included in this uh, blog post from Human Rights Now on the Amnesty International USA's site, James Clark, um, who definitely does not support the death penalty, so he's characterizing this in a negative uh, mode, but he says in Virginia, State Senator Richard uh, Saslow has introduced a bill that uh, would, as uh, Mr. Clark characterizes it, cloak the entire execution process in secrecy, uh, proposed to exempt information about executions from Freedom of Information Act. So he's characterizing that as Virginia sweeping this into under the rug, uh, under a cloak of secrecy. Uh, Utah 
is, uh, and probably other states will uh, will follow suit, is uh, preparing for a different method of execution if lethal injection uh, uh, is no longer an option. It seems increasingly that might be the case. So the number again is 1-800-826-1495. You can join us at upraxis at gmail.com. And uh, we are joined next by Representative Brian uh, King, uh, who is the House Minority Leader. Well, welcome back to the program. How are you? Thank you. I apologize for being a little delayed. Oh, no, no problem. Uh, so last week, I think it was last week or the week before, we were talking about uh, criminal justice issues uh, in general, now in specific the death panel and in, in, in the firing squad. What's your understanding of what House Bill 11 would do? This, this would provide uh, an extra option. And is this um, a response to drying up of lethal injection drugs? Yeah, well, it would, as you say, it would basically provide a backup mechanism. We've had so many problems across the country with lethal injection, as you have stated, that uh, we have Representative Ray saying we ought to come up with a second backup method to ensure that we can kill people effectively. And, and it's hard to separate that from the whole underlying discussion of the death penalty itself. And so that's what we've been talking about up here at the Capitol. Let's talk a little bit about the, the death penalty. Um, we, we talked with Anna Brower, ACLU of Utah, a little bit more about the, the firing squad perceptions. And she's saying that the, this this makes Utah look even more barbaric. You know, you'd, you'd move to the firing squad from lethal injection. But, of course, proponents of the of the death penalty uh, point to the, the, the victim. You know, the, yeah. the victim doesn't, you know, the victim didn't have a choice. And this sure. idea of justice and retribution. Yeah, no, it's a... It's a it's such an emotional issue. It's a difficult issue. I try to, I myself, I'm not a big death penalty fan, not at all. And and the basis for that is in large part my own visceral reaction that, look, we, there's no doubt that the individuals who have received the death penalty, in the sense that they've been sentenced to receive the death penalty, they, they've engaged in heinous acts. I mean, you don't get the death penalty unless you've engaged in a heinous act, and I get that. But I, I really push back hard on against the idea that we as a state should be uh, willing to reciprocate based on nothing more than a feeling that vengeance is necessary and justice must be served, unless there's a good reason to do it. So I ask myself, okay, is, it, is there some sort of deterrent effect here? What do the studies say about that? And most studies and most criminologists say there's really not much good evidence at all for the idea that it's a deterrent effect. Okay, if it's not a deterrent, is it a cost-saving issue? Does it cost us a lot more to keep somebody in prison for their natural lives as opposed to executing them? And the information we've got about that makes clear it's not a cost savings. It's a lot more expensive to go through the process and the appeals and the whole criminal justice mechanism for someone who's been sentenced to death than if they're just put in prison for life. So what other reasons are there? And when you go down the list, and there are a lot of reasons, it's not... um, an interesting debate, and it's a tough debate in many ways. But I think for me personally, when I go down the list of reasons to have a death penalty, they they really fall away, and what we're left with is the primary reason being it feels good. It feels good to take someone who has committed a heinous act and say, you know what, you're going to be executed as a result of that. But that just, in my mind, is not a basis alone to in, impose a death penalty. So like I say, this this bill and the, the advocates of the bill, Representative Ray, for whom I have great respect, he and I are good friends, but he says he wants to separate this and say, look, this isn't about the death penalty. It's just about coming up as a practical matter with a backup method for execution in light of the problems we've been having with lethal injection. And I get that, but I think that once you start talking about, you know, a backup method or whether we should have one or what the most efficient one is, you can't help but discuss, and we should discuss, whether we should have the death penalty at all. As you say, it's hard to parse these two out, right? Uh, but uh, the argument could be made, and you just referenced that, that since Utah does have the death penalty, that's been decided, yeah. um, you know, shouldn't Utah have a method of carrying that out? And so that's Representative Ray's Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what Representative Ray said. And it's a good point. I mean, you know, I, I, I get it, and, and, I, and, and, and look, I was talking to the speaker uh, about this, you know, and, and the speaker said that was his point. He said, look, I'm not feeling comfortable with the idea that we know that we put in place this method, lethal injection, that's becoming more and more clear over time, 
is deficient from a legal perspective as a method of carrying out the death penalty, and we just sort of let it be deficient and don't put in place some backup. He said, I'm very uncomfortable with that because that is, in effect, overriding the will of past legislatures without specifically coming along and saying, we want to have a discussion about the death penalty and override the will of past legislatures. He says to me, and I think he's got a point, it's the same point Representative Ray makes, if we're going to have the death penalty, let's make sure that we have a method of carrying out that's effective as opposed to ineffective in the form of lethal injection, which increasingly is being called into question as to whether it satisfies the constitutional guarantees of being something other than cruel and unusual. Now, and I don't know what we'd, you know, beyond uh, firing, so I don't know what we'd be left with. Go back to hanging, electrocution, oh, I don't hanging, know. You go back to the electric chair. I mean, there are other ways. But the bottom line is, whether it's barbarity, whether it's, you know, the gruesomeness of the spectacle, whether it's the pain and suffering inflicted in the process, such as the electric chair, there are good objections that can be raised to every one of these methods. Let's not delude ourselves. What we're talking about here is murdering someone. It's an interesting thing that our uh, state medical examiner lists on the death certificate of an individual who's been executed. Do you know what the cause of death is? The cause of death is listed as homicide. Hmm. <laughs> Tells you something right there. Yeah. In in this debate, um, I, I wonder it perceptions of Utah. Does that enter in? Is that being discussed? Oh, I think so. I think so, and I think it should enter in. You know, this is you know we. I hate to turn everything into an economic development issue. But there are a lot of folks for whom the government and the state, the functions of Utah state government, is largely a question of facilitating and fostering the ability for uh, businesses, whether individual businesses or uh, larger businesses in the state of Utah, to function effectively and compete against other states and against other countries effectively. They've got a point. And I think that to the extent that we don't take into account what having this on the books does and having the firing squad in place does in terms of how Utah is perceived, that's foolishness. We do need to take that into account. I don't think personally it's the most important factor. I think there are a lot of other factors that are more important. But to say that that's not a factor, we shouldn't think about it, take it into account, I think is, is wrong too. You know, often when I we have these debates on, on the death penalty, I'll say we, we often have this debate, but when we return to this, I... I sometimes think about Ted Bundy, yeah. and of course, he, I think he was executed in Florida, but he had Utah yeah. ties. You bet. And the argument could be made, and he, he was he was very good at publicity, very good at stirring things up, even if he even if he's in prison. The argument could be made, for example, you know, once he was executed, he's not around to torment his victims anymore through the press, et cetera, et cetera. He he's gone. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you something. I think you've hit on something that, from my perspective, is, uh, and I've thought about this a fair amount, but uh, from my perspective, the, the argument that has the most resonance for me individually in terms of deterrence is the idea that by imposing the death penalty against an individual who has committed a heinous crime, and, and by that I mean an individual who we look at and think, if you were out, if you were capable of it, you would commit the same crime again, you would kill again. The most compelling argument for me is the idea that if you impose the death penalty, you prevent the possibility that that individual will kill again in prison, whether it's another prisoner or whether it's a prison guard, a correctional official. That, to me, is as compelling as anything. I don't know that that gets me to the point. In fact, I'm, I've come to the conclusion that it doesn't get me to the point where I'm in favor of the death penalty. But I think that's probably, from a deterrence perspective, the strongest argument in my mind. Hmm. Uh, I know we have to let you go here, uh, Representative. But uh, do you? What's your prediction? Is this going to pass the Senate? It's passed the, the Senate committee. Oh, I passed the Senate committee yesterday. I was in listening to it, and I was preparing to present my own bill in the Senate committee, but it passed that committee. I think it is going to get through the Senate. Um, I think that this argument that uh, you know we want to, if we want to debate the death penalty, we ought to do it in another context. This isn't the right vehicle to have a thorough discussion about the death penalty. Is likely going to. Uh, persuade people to go ahead with, with this idea of just putting in place uh, a method as a backup to lethal injection. I, I, just, I just don't know that we've got the, the um, votes in the Senate at this point to keep that from happening. I'd like to see it happen. I just think that we ought to 
not bring back a method of execution that, albeit it's effective and it's relatively quick, and it may be relatively painless. Although I heard people saying yesterday in the Senate committee, it's it's less it's more painless than lethal injection. Well, how in the world is anybody going to know? <laughs> you know, mm. but so I don't know how far that goes. But it, it is effective. I, I'll get I'll grant you that. Uh, and, and I think that we'll probably see that pass. I'm not happy about that, but I think we'll probably see that pass. I think Utah will make a name for itself as the only state in the union with death by firing squad and the only first world country to have death by firing squad as a method of execution. And it'll be a spectacle and it'll be something that doesn't help us. But I, I, I'm pessimistic that the forces exist to stop it from passing the Senate. And I don't think that I don't know what the governor has said one way or the other about whether he'd consider vetoing this bill. But um, I, I'm not particularly optimistic that he'd be willing to be tough. And, and therefore, would, whether you'd agree or disagree with death penalty, Utah will continue this 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 odd pairing with, with the death penalty, right? The first execution in 77 after the Supreme Court lifted the moratorium, and uh, right. uh, Utah right. seems well, to be intertwined with this. It's going to continue in the future because my understanding is that one of the Lafferty brothers is the next one who is scheduled to be executed, and he was sentenced before before the change in the law, which didn't give the prisoner the choice of how to be executed, and he chose death by firing squad. So we, we may very well see it again relatively mm-hmm. quickly. I don't know if you can stay another couple of minutes, Representative. We're, we're, uh, sure. We're going to have Representative Handy on, but uh, he's he's tied up. A uh, very busy time here as we went toward the end of the uh, legislative uh, session. The last two weeks are difficult. And, yes. and I don't know if you... Uh, have been following it, but we've had this little thing called Healthy Utah we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. By the way, what what's the status of that? Well, uh, that's there's a lot going on in the background on that. That was what I was meeting with folks on the governor's staff about, um, the reason I was late to our call. But uh, I don't know. I think it's very much in flux. I think what we're seeing is uh, attempts behind the scenes to work something out that are acceptable to the governor's staff and acceptable to the Senate and acceptable to the House. And, you know, you, you things, you have egos involved and you have politics involved and it's, it's a challenge. From our perspective as Democrats, we're squarely behind the governor and it's helped the Utah plan. We think that's actually a compromise in a way that hasn't been good. Full Medicaid expansion, the studies that have been done from the, about this and they've come from the um, PCG group out of Boston, and they come from a couple of economists down at BYU, have all said the state gets the greatest return on investment, and the state covers the most lives who need to be covered with medical access to medical care by doing full Medicaid expansion rather than Healthy Utah. So that's what we're in favor of. Mm. Our, our fallback position is Healthy Utah. The governor's worked very hard on it for a couple of years to get it, uh, get it uh, through the the uh, get the approval from the administration and. Department of Health and Human Services back in Washington, D.C. on it, and he's obtained that. And uh, I just can't understand. I mean, when you look at the numbers, when you look at the fiscal analysis and you look at the number of lives covered, anything that has been proposed that's something less than Healthy Utah makes no sense in terms of covering many fewer lives and at much greater cost than Healthy Utah does. And so uh, the Democrats in the House and Senate are squarely behind uh, the governor's Healthy Utah proposal. How would you handicap this if you're a, a, a betting man? Do full healthy Utah oh, to boy. to nothing? What, what I, you where know, would you I, it, end was, up? it was interesting. I read I read articles last night from both the Des News and the Tribune about this, and the Tribune article was relatively optimistic, uh, and the Des News article was relatively pessimistic. Uh, I think that to some extent, um, this is going to depend on the extent to which people make their voices heard. I think uh, if people let us know here at the Capitol that they feel strongly about getting access to health care for, you know, 100,000-plus Utahns that would be covered under Healthy Utah, it's going to be hard for the House to walk away from that and ignore it. Right now, the Senate says, yeah, we'll sign off on Healthy Utah. We agree with the governor. We'll go that direction. And the governor, of course, is very clear he's been working on it for two years. It's the House that is the sticking point. And the Democrats in the House are on the same page with the Senate and the governor. It's the House Republicans, specifically. They need to hear Utahns' voices. They need to know that Utahns are in support of Healthy Utah. And the polling on it is very clear and says they are. But we need to see feet of people and bodies of people up here at the Capitol, and we need to get phone calls and text messages. I wonder, uh, back to the death penalty, 
I've been wondering if religious views come in here at all. This is such a big topic that you know, sometimes maybe unofficially, of course, you wouldn't talk about this, but you go back to religious views. Uh, back in the day no, when this is... Great. It's a great question. It's a great question. I don't know if that enters I, in. I, I, I don't either. You know, um, the great majority of the members of the Utah State Legislature, active LDS church members, I'm in that category myself. Um, and, and you know, at one point the church had some teachings that would suggest that maybe the death penalty was, from a religious perspective, something that they wanted to have in place. But I think the church has, for many, many, many years, you know, decades, moved away from that and said, no, 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 that's not a, a principle of our religious beliefs, that, you know, someone has to have their own bloodshed if they're guilty of murder in order to be forgiven. Um, I mean, there is some history of that in the LDS Church history, but I don't think that that's something that you hear very often now, and I know that um, that uh, leaders of the LDS Church for many, many years have said that that's not accurate. So, But I don't know. I, I don't know. Beyond that, what, whether some people think it's important to leave that in place from that perspective or not. Well, we'll, uh, well I know you have to get on to other things. Representative Brian King, House Minority Leader, uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate spending the time. We appreciate it. We're talking about House Bill 11. This is sponsored by Representative uh, Paul Ray, which would bring back the firing squad as a method of execution. Um, and uh, this is in response, it, it looks like, to uh, uh, lethal injections, uh, perhaps down the road being disallowed. In any case, the, uh, the chemicals that are needed uh, are not being provided by many of the companies. And so uh, Representative Ray says we need a, another option since the death penalty has been decided on in Utah. But as Representative King says, this is an opportunity for us to debate the, the broader issue, the death penalty. So we're doing both on the program today. And I believe we have now with us a Representative uh, Stephen Handy. Uh, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, yeah. Going good. Uh, so, Representative Handy, a Republican from uh, Layton, what uh, what's your view on on House Bill Eleven? Well, look, I uh, look. We, we've got about eight folks out there. I have an aversion to death penalty. I'm just going to say that right up front. But we have about eight folks out out there on death row, and we're a couple couple years away from uh, if if an execution occurred, a couple years away. I don't see the urgency to even address this right now. I mean, I've talked to. A, a, a guy who was the assistant warden out there who, who presided over three uh, executions over the last many years. And, uh, you know, he says, okay, there's a little problem with this, these drugs, but it'll be, uh, it'll be, uh, it'll get worked out if and when that time comes that we, that we step up to that and have an execution. So, but, you know, I, I have, I have a few more things to say about the firing squad per se, but maybe you have another question for me. Uh, no, go go ahead. I'd be interested in. Okay, in okay. okay. Let, let me tell you where my perspective comes from. My 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 my, my father served on the on the state board of corrections back in the late fifties, early sixties. Was appointed by Governor George Dewey Clyde, and we had far more executions back in those days than we than we have had today. That was before the Supreme Court's rulings. And my dad would tell me that uh, it happened many times in Utah that these. That, the county in which the the capital crime occurred, they, the the sheriff of the county, he gets to pick the uh, executioners, and all kinds of people would sign up. They want to go do it. They want to go down there and be macho. But uh, you know, this person created this heinous crime, and they're going to take care of him once and for all. But they'd get down there and they'd prop the guy up, you know, sand a little felt hard on him, and uh, at the last minute, these guys would chicken out, and and and. They would only wound the person, and so they'd have to prop him up and shoot him again. And I remember as a young boy, my father coming, you know, he'd never witnessed an execution, but it was just like, what are we doing? It's just barbaric. So, you know, part of that is in my upbringing. I just have a real aversion to it, and particularly the firing squad. I just think that just sends a horrible message for us in the state of Utah. So many wonderful, positive things are going on in our state, and this is just a horrible message to send so who does perform these executions now? It's corrections officers? No, no, no. It's, it, it still happens that uh, the sheriff of the county in which the capital crime occurred, he gets to, he, people apply to become the executioners. Oh. And he selects a number. Uh, the way that it, it's set up is, I don't know if it's five or seven, but it's an odd number, and uh, one or two of them have a blank round. They don't know who has the blank round. And or the blank rounds, and uh, there you go. But in, in in previous experience in the state of Utah, and you know, my dad 
He's 93 years old, and I interviewed him two weeks ago about this because I said, what's your memory about this? It's, it, he's as clear as a bell. These guys, you know, it was just it was just botched. They botched these executions, and it just makes it barbaric. Hmm. I wonder, just to have a couple minutes left, uh, how much say should, should, should the victims' families have? And you hear some forgive, and they say don't, don't uh, apply the death penalty. Others say, yes, we, we want vengeance. We want yeah. retribution. Well, look, I... Two years ago, I did an interim study trying to find out what it costs. And, and what we found out is that, see, an, a guy, a, a person uh, uh, has about a 25 years of state-sponsored and paid-for appeals. It would cost $1.5 million uh, less to incarcerate a person for life without parole as it does taking them through 25 years of these, these taxpayer-sponsored uh, and paid-for appeals. So just from as a, as a physical conservative, I'm just going, it just doesn't make any sense, these employing all these people over all these years. And it's so rough on the victims' families to have to go back into court and hear this again and again and again. They can't get any closure. Hmm. We'll uh, leave it there. Um, yeah. By the way, just very briefly, what's your predictions? Pass the Senate committee? You think it passed the, the Senate? Oh, it'll probably pass the Senate. I, I think that we'll have the death the death penalty. And I know this isn't the, 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 it's not supposed to be about the death penalty per se, but you have to talk about the whole thing. But I would think I don't I don't think that anytime soon we're going to get rid of the death penalty in Utah because because it happens so infrequently people don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. We hardly have it in Utah, frankly. Yeah, which is good. And then it gets a lot of publicity when it happens. That's that's yeah, byproduct of it. Yes. Uh, Representative Stephen Handy, Republican from Layton, has been with us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Okay. We'll see you. We'll see you. Thanks. Bye-bye. We've been talking about House Bill 11, uh, sponsored by Representative Paul Ray, Republican of Clearfield, which would bring back the firing squad as a method of execution. We want to know what you think. You can uh, continue this discussion at upraxis at gmail.com. We'll get that on tomorrow if you uh, respond uh, after the program. And you can certainly go to our website and comment there, upr.org. That's where you can hear this program or any other program again, uh, upr.org. For my producers, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks so much for joining me today. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Cafe Ibis, 52 Federal Avenue in historic downtown Logan. Open seven days a week, featuring triple-certified coffee, a seasonal organic ethnic deli, and espresso bar with culinary gifts. Ordering and location information is at cafeibis.com. And by USU's Anthropology Museum, Family First Saturday, exploring the cultural heritage of Ireland, Saturday, March 7th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Old Main. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM HD1 Logan.